This is Suzanne York with Humans Optimized. We specialize in change management for technology adoption by bringing together advancements in technology with elevated human skills. Our aim is to cultivate human-to-human and human-to-technology collaboration. This combination will allow us to take advantage of the immense opportunities in the future of work. The relationship someone has with technology plays a critical role in their ability to use and adopt it. For some, that relationship is positive, and for others, it's non-existent or even negative. Without considering this relationship and what's at the root cause of it, we're missing a critical element for learning new technologies. What would it take to go straight to the source and help people with their relationship in technology to solve the problem directly so that they can be open to learning new tools? Here with me today to discuss this thought-provoking question is Hazel Ortega from California. Hazel is a leading expert in vocational counseling and training for injured workers, many of whom need to learn new technologies to stay current in the workforce. She's also the author of the best-selling book, From Bounce Checks to Private Jets, The Mastery of Miracles. I met Hazel earlier this year and was inspired by her story, her outlook, and her incredible impact. Hazel, I'm truly honored to be talking with you today and can't wait to see where our conversation takes us. Awesome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, too. It's one of my favorite topics. Well, tell us more. The The work that you do is really impactful, especially during a time like COVID where people are trying to figure out what is their place in this workforce. But could you give us some background on the work that you do in California? Yes, of course. Here in California, we have laws that protect injured workers. They uh, range from temporary disability, permanent disability, and then a settlement to help them with their job loss, their wage loss benefits. Another benefit that they have is vocational rehabilitation. And that's where I come in and we work with injured workers who can no longer do the job they were doing at the time of their injury. And the insurance company pays for their education and pays for counseling services and also tools that they might need to fulfill on the training, like a computer. If it's makeup classes, then makeup and brushes and all of that, nursing, their uniforms, their books, that's all covered under workers' compensation here in California. Wow. Well, and the state obviously has a vested interest in ensuring that these workers can be employable. And so what is it like for these workers to get this benefit? Initially, it's a a shock. They almost always want to return back to work. They want to go back to where they felt powerful in their knowledge and in their experience. And here they are now being told that they can no longer do that job that they've been at for 8, 10, 25 years. It's very shocking to them. And they go through an emotional roller coaster. And so our primary job, it it should be to find them a new career and uh, move them into that space. However, these people are really stuck and they can't envision anything for themselves. So what we end up doing is becoming sort of motivational coaches for them and create a vision for themselves that they can't even see. And that is one of our primary jobs now that would move them into the next phase, which is actually what we get paid to do, which is <laughs> vocational you know, counseling, referrals to schools and, and job placement. 
So here they are, they have this benefit, they have a change that they have to make in their career path. The possibilities are wide open, and yet that can seem incredibly overwhelming. And one of the topics that often I'm sure comes up is the idea of using technology or using skills that they didn't even know that, that they had. And so for some people, I can picture that if you have no experience with something, you just assume you can't do it. Does that come up? Yeah, most definitely. A lot of these people that are injured on the job had no computer skills because they went into an area where it was labor um, or customer service and and in-person retail, those types of injuries. And now they have to get updated with technology and they really feel like they can't do it. So the problem at that point isn't even the technology. What's the best way to get them to move forward? What we do is we tell them what other people are doing, what people that have been injured with their same body parts, their same age, what are they able to do? And then they start to feel empowered by what other people their same age are doing. It's really interesting because they'll come up with all of the reasons why they can't learn how to use a computer or they can't learn how to do Excel or Word. Anything advanced, they'll come up and say that they're just too old or um, they're just not good at that. And we tell them, like, well, I had a client who was, you know, 55 years old or a client who was 83 years old learning QuickBooks. And when they see, they think that it's impossible, but when they see that somebody else is doing it and, and succeeding, it opens up their mind to consider the possibility that they can do it too. What I like about that is that it doesn't have to be their own experience that they can draw from, that it's the experience of others who have gone before them and have shown that it doesn't require an advanced degree to advance yourself. Yeah, no, it does not. What's really most important than anything is your mindset, right? So your mindset is your collective beliefs, you know, what you believe about yourself, your ability, and then your past. And so you've never seen yourself uh, doing something different, something technical or fun or easy. If the world occurs to you like something is going to be hard, then that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to keep you from um, developing these new skills. And so our job really is to have a breakthrough around your mindset in that regard. And we don't talk about that when it comes to technology adoption, at least not very directly. I'd love to explore that more because I don't think it's just the people that are in the circumstance that you're talking about whose mindsets get in the way of their willingness to even try new technology. That is so true. Um, I remember my business coach asked me to have a new website and I needed yeah. to, um, and I was like, sure, well, okay, let me find somebody to hire to do that. And she said, well, you can do it. And I said, I cannot do something like that. That is impossible. <laughs> right. And she said, well, why don't you come to a taming technology session and see what happens? And I went And by the end, four hours later, I had built my own website myself. Wow. Wow. And I really thought that I could not do it. There was no way that was possible. However, I was open 
to going there and and to see. Well, and I think you know many of us who who do try to to practice being open to new ideas that we still have some of these thoughts, some of these beliefs that will hold us back. Um, and and recognizing what is fact over what is our story. So the story was, oh, I can't do that. And it took someone else to remind you, well, you've learned other things. Let's apply that to this situation as well. Yes, exactly. And one of the things that I love to do is to set an intention for everything that I'm doing. So what is the best outcome I can get from that four hours website, Taming Technology course So I envisioned myself at the end of it, completing a website. And Mm. that's what made all of the difference. And I keep applying that, you know, that technology, um, the way of doing things to everything that I do so that at the end of it, I actually have the vision I created, if not very close to it. And what does it take for people to create a vision for something they've never seen? So, for example, if you said to me, hey, we're going to take a trip to Paris, and I've never been to Paris, and I need to envision what it's like, do people grab onto this idea, or is there some hesitation in even this idea of creating a vision that you then move towards? People are very hesitant. And so I prompt my clients to envision themselves like why what difference would it make if you get a certificate in this area what difference would it make for your family and then i share my own experience of what difference it made for me to go back to school when i was 30 years old i didn't even have a high school diploma and mm. yeah and when i went back to school i didn't want to go back to school i thought that school was for somebody else yeah clearly i didn't finish high school and here i was 30 years old, and I found myself to be injured at work. And my doctor and the employer told me I couldn't do my job anymore. And so that forced me to have to upgrade my skill sets. And uh, I went back to school and I got my high school diploma. And then I made a small goal of getting my associate's degree. So setting goals is also important. A, A small goal first. Even though for me, going back to school and getting my high school diploma after I was married and I had three kids at home was a, a Herculean feat, you know, to do that. Um, I don't want to say it's a small thing because it was a very big thing to do, uh, but it's a small step considering where I actually am now. Um, my life completely changed. I went from yeah. being a secretary, earning $15 an hour, to getting my master's degree in becoming an educational psychologist, starting my first business, and then now being the largest company in California serving injured workers. That was something that if you would have asked me, I would have never said that that's a possibility for me in my life. But visioning played a really big role in in that. So I envisioned what it would be like to get my high school diploma. And then the next step was my associate's degree okay, I just want to get my associate's degree. When I get that, I'll be done. And as soon as I was getting close to being done, then it was like, well, you know, only one one and a half years more and I'll get a bachelor's degree. Well, might as well do that. And then just every step of the way, increasing my goal to learn more and more. 
Mm. And now I really, I hated school. And now I can't see myself not being out of some type of classroom learning. (laughs) Right. You really become a lifelong learner. And when I think about companies and changes that they drive across them, they talk about vision and goals at the macro level. You know, here's the vision for this company. Here are the goals that we're going after. And what I really like about where we're going with this is applying that same logic to ourselves in the situations that we find ourselves in where change is needed. Yeah, exactly. So you want to envision what it would look like to learn this new skill set. Another thing is that we're inventing things all the time. All of the reasons why you can't do something is an invention. Mm. It's not true. Most of the time we lie to ourselves. <laughs> and so we have to be present to that. And if we can grasp the idea that these thoughts are invented by us, why are we not inventing the best case scenario that we can do? Wow. Right? Yeah. I think that's phenomenal. And is it, be, what is, so you've done so much work in the space. What holds us back from inventing the best case scenario? Our brain, which, yeah. <laughs> our brain is has a job and its job is to keep us safe. And it won't go to places where it's unfamiliar and scary. Therefore, if it's never seen you do something that you think you might want to do or somebody's telling you that you need to do, it'll shut down that idea. It'll immediately keep you safe. And so that is our biggest hurdle to get over. And that's why you have to trick your brain by pretending like it's already done. It's already the end of the day. What did I learn and how, how is that? And how did that change things? How do I feel about myself? Then your brain doesn't stop you because it seems like it already happened. So it'll allow you to dream and to envision these activities that you would probably never you know, do because your brain would stop you. Yes. And in organizational change management, there's a lot of conversation around neuroscience and the fact that our reptilian brain takes over when we're in a state of stress. And that brain does not want us to move because there's there could be something around the corner that we don't anticipate. And what we know is better than what could surprise us. Yeah, exactly. So what you know is actually what stops people. Um, They don't know what it's like to elevate their skills. They don't know the freedom that that's going to bring. They don't know the advancement in their career that that's going to bring. All of that is scary. And so just being present to what people are saying, what does it mean to advance your skills? Some people could think that that means hard work, uh, failure, and that is what keeps them small and keeps them from going forward and really developing these skills with excitement. Maybe they'll do it, but they'll do it begrudgingly. Well, I'll do it if I have to, and they're not happy about it when it's so exciting to learn new things. But mm. our brain doesn't want us to do that. It doesn't want us to come out of our comfort zone. Yeah, it's conserving our energy for us, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's also fascinating when I think about it is that when it comes to technology, exposing people is the first step to getting them to consider using it. And yet it doesn't start by exposing them to the technology, it exposes them to the possibilities. Imagine a life you know, that, that you could have and then telling them that the technology plays a role in that vision. 
Yeah. You know, technology is really scary to people. Yeah. My clients that have the most resistance are the ones that <laughs> need to go back to learn the basics, even just computers. Um, it's scary. And again, if they feel that they're going to fail, if they their brain doesn't allow them to see success because they've never had success in that area, they will say no. So it's really important for leaders and um, facilitators to coach them through creating a vision of what it looks like to have these extra skills that they are now having to move into. That's what keeps my clients successful. And that's what makes a difference. The people that have the guidance, they become more successful in acquiring their goal, which the goal here is to develop a new skill set so that you can get up to date with technology, especially right now with what's going on with the pandemic. The future is here. Um, I went to a restaurant yesterday and there are no more menus. You scan the menu and, and onto your phone and it goes into the menu from your phone. So the future is here. That was something that we were all shocked to see. And it actually has been here for several years, but people weren't catching on. The restaurants weren't fully letting it out because they didn't think that their clients would like it. And then now they have no choice. They cannot have, they can't have menus that are being touched by different people. So now this is, we're forced to use technology. Yes. Well, the pandemic certainly has shifted both the motivations and the barriers to accepting technology. And the same technology that was here six to 12 months ago, people were slow to adopt. And now, like you said, it's here in in an instant. Yeah, it's great. It's great to see and it's exciting. I'm I'm definitely getting better myself at Zoom. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then on the other hand, I'm glad that there's a new conversation about the digital divide. Um, And it's not new. It's just a a louder conversation. I feel like the pandemic is demonstrating the distance and the distance to go to solve for it. What's coming up for you related to the digital divide? What's coming up for me is just a lot of opportunity. And I always have a vision for myself of making a difference in the world. And it always theme that I had to get on a plane and go somewhere to make a difference. And now I'm being interviewed in different countries around the world. And so that's really exciting that I can do these things from the comfort of my own home. I don't have to do all of the traveling. I mean, I love traveling, but it's not the only way to make a difference in the world. So I'm really excited about sharing the technology of creating a vision for yourself. And, you know, once you do have small wins, you do end up getting uh, your self-esteem up and you create bigger visions for yourself. So right now it's technology, but it could actually be something so much bigger than that, that people would get the confidence to even invent things that change the future. So for me, I really think visioning is the biggest first step to all of it, to creating a whole new world. And this was one of the reasons I was so captivated by your story when we when we met was that something that could be seen as a real challenge, it's one that you see a lot of opportunities around. 
And so if there's one thing that you hope that we can pass on to others as they're considering how to help shift the relationship with technology for people that need to learn new tools, what would that one thing be that would really unlock their acceptance of and adoption of technology? Well, be open, um, do some research, be present to the lies that you're telling yourself about that you can't do something and look around and see who is doing it and then know that you can do it too. Hear other people's stories. I grew up poor on welfare in an 800 square foot apartment surrounded by gangs and violence and death. And there was no way that you could tell me that my life was going to look the way it looks now. Um, multiple businesses, traveling first class, um, having coaches for all areas of my life. But because I was open, I was able to start to envision small wins for myself that led to this huge transformation. So it's all inside of us. We're golden inside. We just have to figure it out how strong we are, how smart we are. And it just all starts with being open. Uh, I think that's great advice. And I really like the idea of small wins can create huge transformation. For sure. Definitely being present to that. Well, is there anything more that you'd like to share with people either about the work you do or what's coming up for you during this time? Right now, um, what I'd love to do is share my story because I know that my life changed and then everybody's life around me got better. And then now I'm changing other people's lives. So creating a vision for your life is my favorite pastime to help people. And I have a free vision quest and it's a good place to start. And you can go to my website uh, at themasteryofmiracles.com and download the free visioning exercise and worksheet and start your, your path onto this life that could be unrecognizable to you and to others. And everyone can make a difference in the world. You can start there. And you are truly making an incredible difference. And the fact that you recognized it was about changing your life so that you can change other people's lives and the ripple effect is just tremendous. Yeah, exactly. And you too, everything that you're doing, Suzanne, I'm I'm really happy and I feel like um, I drew you into my life as well (laughs) to continue this work. Well, thank you. I'm really passionate about enabling people through the use of technology, and that includes people who have never experienced technology or might have had a negative experience. And there's so much coming up for me during this pandemic to help people to go beyond what they even imagined possible with technology, because like you said, the future is here. Yeah, exactly. So it's time for all of us to level up, learn all the time, be learning something new, and then um, envision. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I'm going to leave here and envision the next tool or technology that I have been uh, fighting against, which is probably something that my niece or nephew is using to communicate, and I'm going to envision success. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thank you for your time, Hazel, and I wish you all the best in, in all the work that you're doing in California and beyond. Thank you, Suzanne. You too. All the best to you and everyone else that's listening. Thanks for listening to this episode. For more information and to contact us, visit www.humansoptimized.com.